name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. We recently heard about and saw on TV the damage from Hurricane Ida. And it was actually sort of a reminder of our own state's encounter with Hurricane Katrina a few years back to the very day. <laughs> Yesterday, we were called to mind September 11th, a day burned into our memories of a disaster that occurred several years ago as our country was attacked by terrorists and the Twin Towers fell to the ground in New York. As bad as these events seem, and they certainly seem to be bad, there is in fact a fate which is much worse. Temporal events in our world can be hard, but ignoring the salvation that God offers us in his son is a much worse disaster. Our reading from St. John today tells us what God has done to recover us from mankind's greatest disaster of all, separation from God. Today's gospel reading from St. John contains a preparatory reminder for our upcoming feast of the elevation of the precious cross this week. In one of today's verses, Jesus tells us that just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now this is a referral in, to the Old Testament book of Numbers, where the Israelites, after they were released from bondage in Egypt and were wandering around in the desert wilderness, they were over overcome by venomous snakes. And as a cure for the snake bites, God did something amazing. He commanded Moses to fashion a brass serpent to place it on a standard, a post. And whosoever was to gaze upon this serpent would immediately be healed. Here Christ uses the Old Testament as a teaching tool today to show us that he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Now, this is quite a paradox, uh, a statement that on the one hand seems contradictory or unusual, yet on the other hand is true. The cross itself is an amazing paradox. Christ is showing us that just as the faithful Israelites were healed through the symbol of death, that serpent on the stick, on the post, so we are saved through Christ who was hung on yet another symbol of death, the cross. And while the cross back then was a symbol of death, now the cross becomes a symbol of life. Other examples of paradoxes would be God becomes man or a virgin gives birth. How can this be? Yet as unfathomable as some of these things may be to us, the earthly visit of the Savior was prefigured throughout the Old Testament. Christ becomes the new Adam. Jonah in the belly of the fish foreshadows Christ in the tomb after his crucifixion. The brass serpent prefigures the saving act of Christ's death on the cross. We need to not forget the importance of the Old Testament teachings. Without the Old Testament, we'd have trouble understanding today's gospel reading. Our church fathers have always emphasized how the Old Testament and its message points 
the way to what was fulfilled in the New Testament. So what then is the message of the New Testament? Well, there's many, but Jesus sums it up in our gospel today in a very familiar passage in John 3.16 by saying, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This short but extremely important passage embodies the essence of our faith. It illustrates everything about God, about us, and about our salvation. God loved us so much. God the Father sent His Son for our salvation. I can remember when I was a young lad, many years ago, many, many years ago. And I would visit other churches from time to time with my parents. Um, although we had a very firm uh, home church, which I'm so thankful for. But I would notice uh, when I hear others, pastors at churches preach, that sometimes they would just talk about God kind of in a general sense. And I would be actually listening for, I just felt this way, actually listening for the importance of God the Son to be mentioned. And we are told in Scripture, if God the Father had not sent His Son to come, to die on the cross for us, to rise from the dead, and ascend back to the Father, if that had not happened, we would still be in our sins. In today's gospel, Jesus further states that, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we have a clear description that Christ coming here was not to condemn us, but to save us. Now, he was pretty stern with many while he was here on this earth. He even condemned the practices of some of the Pharisees. But he was not sent here to condemn anyone to eternal torment, to, to, submit, to commit anyone to a hell. Our whole understanding of what heaven and hell is has been so distorted over time by the world, by literature, by entertainment. Um, you know, heaven is not just up there and hell down there. Hell is being cut off from God. It is a result of choosing to turn away from God, our Creator. So who condemns someone to hell? We condemn ourselves. To turn your back on God, to reject God, to reject His mercy is to find yourself separated from God. Further down in verse 20, Christ said, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. There are many people today who have a taste of hell because they have turned from God. And the sad thing is they often blame their, their problems on lots of other things uh, like society, those around them, others. But their real problem is in their own heart. That's why it's so important that we keep a soft heart before the Lord. That if troubles come our way, which they will, we turn to God, not away from Him. Or if success comes our way, we continue to walk with God. Not away from him. God allows us to choose our life. We have free will. He created us that way. He even created the angel, angels that way. Uh, the angels had the free will choice to, to follow God 
or to turn against him. And one did. Satan, and he took a band of angels with him, turned his back on God. God allows his creatures to choose. But our choices in life can separate us from God or unite us closer to him. God loves us. He loves us so much that he won't force us to love him. If someone chooses to turn their back on God, to turn back their back on the love that he so generously bestows upon us, then they can do that. But they will have the consequences of their choice. But you may be thinking, okay, that, I understand all that, but that doesn't describe me. And thank God it does not today. But also remember, we can't take salvation for granted. There's much in this world that can reach out and grab our hearts and minds to turn us from the Lord. We always have to be on guard against that and keep our hearts soft. And that's why we come here today. That's why we come here to the stronghold of the church periodically, to have our hearts strengthened in his grace and mercy, to partake of the Eucharist, so we don't have to develop a hard heart. Heart, a hard heart. And so we don't drift away from God. It's important to constantly seek Him. So when we hear of a disaster in this world, whether it's a hurricane or something like 9-11 or some other tragedy, let's let it be a reminder to us that the worst disaster of all is to be separated from God. And when we are reminded of that and and we are reminded every day that let us always turn to God daily. Not away from God, who so loved the world that he did send his only begotten son. So that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.